Welcome, I'm Carolyn Cooper, and this is the Mental Health and Faith A Closer Look podcast and YouTube program. Here, I want to offer you encouragement for life in this complicated world on topics around mental illness, our recovery journey, faith and spirituality, and lots of other topics related to mental health and wellness. But I want to remind you that this is not a replacement for getting help from a mental health professional. And if you find yourself in a crisis, in the United States, you can call or text the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline at 988. I also have other helplines in the show notes and on my website. Now sit back and enjoy the show. Hi, this is Carolyn. Thank you for being here. This week I'm doing something a little bit different. Sunday, April 2nd, 2023 is Palm Sunday. So this program will be just some thoughts about the Palm Sunday story and some lessons we can learn. I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation. It has a great storytelling quality to it and is easy to understand. I think you'll enjoy it if you have not read from the New Living Translation before. I recommend it as just an easy way to take in God's Word. This is John 12, verses 12 through 19. The next day, the news that Jesus was on the way to Jerusalem swept through the city. A large crowd of Passover visitors took palm branches and went down to the road to meet him. They shouted, Praise God! Or, Hosanna! Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hail to the King of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and rode on it, fulfilling the prophecy that said, Don't be afraid, people of Jerusalem. Look, your king is coming, riding on a donkey's colt. His disciples didn't understand at the time that this was a fulfillment of prophecy, but after Jesus entered into his glory, they remembered what had happened and realized that these things had been written about him. Many in the crowd had seen Jesus call Lazarus from the tomb, raising him from the dead, and they were telling others. That was the reason so many went out to meet him, because they had heard about this miraculous sign. Then the Pharisees said to one another, There's nothing we can do. Look, everyone has gone after him. Now, you may not usually hear those last few verses as part of the Palm Sunday story, but it's part of the story, and it's an important part of the story because it reveals what was really taking place on Palm Sunday. First, in the New Living Translation, it starts out saying, Praise God. But in the uh, New American Standard and other translations that are a more literal translation, it uses the Hebrew word, Hosanna. Now, this word Hosanna means he saves or to save. It can also be referring to a savior. So it's a very important term that they used. They were shouting out, he's going to save us. The very next phrase is a prophecy that the people, the Jewish people, would know from the Old Testament. And this particular prophecy is found in Psalm 118, verse 26. 
Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. With the word Hosanna, or praise be to God, they're acknowledging Jesus is coming to save them. And with blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, they are affirming that this person coming is someone that was prophesied about in the Old Testament. They've been waiting for this person to come in the name of the Lord. And here he is. John, as he is writing this gospel, throws in another prophecy. In verse 15, it reads, Fear not, daughter of Zion. Behold, your king is coming, seated on a donkey's colt. And that's from Zechariah 9.9. John, as I said, he puts this prophecy right in this story to confirm or to affirm even more that we have been waiting for this man. We've been waiting for this Savior who is coming in the name of the Lord. We don't need to be afraid. He's coming to take care of us. So there is a joyous celebration happening here. People are waving their palm branches. They're singing. They're, they're shouting. They're celebrating. Jesus must have been smiling and probably laughing at the joy that he was bringing to the people of Jerusalem who were there to celebrate with him. But in those couple of verses I read that you may not typically hear, we know that something else is going on too. And I'm going to go back to those. So some of the people that were there were celebrating and crying, he saves us because they believed that he was the Messiah because of the things they've seen him do and because of his teachings. The word was, was spreading around the countryside about Jesus. But in verse 17 and 18, we find out that some of the people are there because they heard that Jesus had be, performed a sign. They wanted to see who performed a sign. Not necessarily that they believed in him, but wouldn't it be cool to see someone who raised someone from the dead? At least that's what people claimed had happened. Who is this person? Some of the people there just wanted to get a look. And then in verse 19, we see another group of people here watching this celebration. The Pharisees, those are the teachers of the law, the, the people who led the Jewish people into understanding the law that God had given, the rules for their, their society. And these teachers did not really like what was happening with Jesus. He seemed to be getting too much power. Now, I know sometimes we hear a lot of very negative things about these people, and it's true that they did miss the fact that Jesus is the Messiah. But I truly believe some of them were just concerned that someone was trying to take the place of God without recognizing that that person was God himself in human flesh coming to reveal who he is so we could see him and touch him and get to know him in a personal way. So Palm Sunday was maybe a little bit more complicated than our uh, celebrations and parades around the church with our do live donkeys and palm branches. It's a wonderful, beautiful celebration, and I'm not taking away from that at all. But we know that's not where the story ends, and it's a good thing. 
that that's not where the story ends. I'm going to continue the story of Palm Sunday now in the Gospel of John, picking up right where I left off. So this is starting with John 12, verse 20. Some Greeks who had come to Jerusalem for the Passover celebration paid a visit to Philip, who is from Bethsaida in Galilee. They said, Sir, we want to meet Jesus. Philip told Andrew about it, and they went together to ask Jesus. Jesus replied, Now the time has come for the Son of Man to enter into his glory. I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat is planted in the soil and dies, it remains alone. But its death will produce many new kernels, a plentiful harvest of new lives. Those who love their life in this world will lose it. Those who care nothing for their life in this world will keep it for eternity. Anyone who wants to serve me must follow me, because my servants must be where I am, and the Father will honor anyone who serves me. Now, my soul is deeply troubled. Should I pray, Father, save me from this hour? But this is the very reason I came. Father, bring glory to your name. Then a voice spoke from heaven, saying, I have already brought glory to my name, and I will do so again. When the crowd heard the voice, some thought it was thunder, while others declared an angel had spoken. Then Jesus told them, The voice was for your benefit, not mine. The time for judging this world has come, when Satan, the ruler of this world, will be cast out. And when I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw everyone to myself. He said this to indicate how he was going to die. That was John 12, verse 20 through 33. Jesus' words, and I'm sure his tone of voice in that passage, is a little different than the smiling, waving uh, king riding in on a donkey. Here, Jesus, just it could have just been minutes after the, the parade dissipated that Jesus said these words. And people listening, I'm sure, may have been confused and didn't quite understand what he was saying. But we know, because we have the benefit of seeing the whole story, we know that even now, Jesus is preparing himself to die for us. Let that sink in. People were calling him their savior, and he's saying, I'm ready. And that means something different than you think. It means I have to die. Jesus was a man, a human. And I know how I feel when I know something bad's going to happen. In fact, the longer I know, the longer I'm waiting for some event to come up that I know will not have a good result for me, the more and more and more and more stressed I can get. Now, I'm going to say, praise be to God that I have really learned to turn things over to him. And I don't have quite as many struggles with worrying and being anxious because I trust that God has things in his hands. But it's a very human reaction, emotional reaction. When we know something bad's going to happen, we get a little tense. We get a little anxious. I mean, it, it, And Jesus, as he said in the passage, he didn't know whether he should ask 
for God to take this away or not. I mean, he was a human. He probably was wrestling with those thoughts, but he knew what he had to do. But what's even more amazing is he's known this for a while. Long before Palm Sunday, we see in scripture, Jesus starts giving parables and starting to teach his disciples in a way to prepare them for what was getting ready to take place. So I'm going to read a couple of the passages uh, from before Palm Sunday so you can see how he's starting to, re starting to prepare them. This is Matthew 20, 17 through 19, and this is right as they're on their way to Jerusalem before Palm Sunday. As Jesus was going up to Jerusalem, he took the twelve disciples aside privately and told them what was going to happen to him. Listen, Jesus said, we're going up to Jerusalem, where the Son of Man will be betrayed to the leading priests and the teachers of religious law. They will sentence him to die. Then they will hand him over to the Romans to be mocked, flogged with a whip, and crucified. But on the third day, he will be raised from the dead. Almost identical words are also found in the book of Luke. Now I'm going to read from Mark 10, verses 32 through 45. This is, again, before Palm Sunday. They were now on the way up to Jerusalem, and Jesus was walking ahead of them. The disciples, the disciples were filled with awe, and the people following behind were overwhelmed with fear. Taking the twelve disciples aside, Jesus once more began to describe everything that was about to happen to him. Listen, he said, we're going up to Jerusalem, where the Son of Man will be betrayed to the leading priests and the teachers of religious law. They will sentence him to die and hand him over to the Romans. They will mock him, spit on him, flog him with a whip, and kill him but after three days he will rise again. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came over and spoke to him. Teacher, they said, we want you to do us a favor. What is your request? he asked. They replied, when you sit on your glorious throne, we want to sit in places of honor next to you, one on your right and the other on your left. But Jesus said to them, you don't know what you are asking. Are you able to drink from the bitter cup of suffering I am about to drink? Are you able to be baptized with the baptism of suffering I must be baptized with? Oh, yes, they replied, we are able. Then Jesus told them, you will indeed drink from my bitter cup and be baptized with my baptism of suffering. But I have no right to say who will sit on my right or my left. God has prepared those places for the ones he has chosen. When the other ten disciples heard what James and John had asked, they were indignant. So Jesus called them together and said, You know that the rulers in this world lorded over their people, and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first among you must be the slave of everyone else. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others, and to give his life as a ransom for many. So in all of the Gospels, before the Palm Sunday event happens, Jesus has already been talking about his death. 
The disciples didn't fully understand what was happening, and I might not have either if I had been there. But he was trying to plant some seeds to give them words they could think back on so they would understand the significance of what was getting ready to happen. Palm Sunday is a wonderful time of celebration, and we need to celebrate Jesus as our King. But we have to remember that's not the end of the story. The end of the story came after Jesus died and was raised to life again. And we'll talk about that next week. I hope you enjoyed today's episode, and please send me your comments, questions, and even suggestions to carolyn at ingodscorner.org. That's C-A-R-O-L-I-N-E at ingodscorner.org. 